And welcome to the Inside Scoop. Today we're talking about who's really in it for five-star edge Colin Simmons, Miami Hurricanes recruiting intel. But first, Nebraska did it. They successfully pulled off their biggest recruiting weekend in nearly a quarter century. And so far, it sounds like it went as good as Husker fans could have asked. The first thing we always want to make sure on these big visit weekends is that the names on the preview list actually made it to campus and were confirmed. And guess what? We got good news. The three number ones at their position, they made it to campus. Number one QB, Dylan Rayola. Number one defensive lineman, Williams Winnery. And number one offensive tackle, Brandon Baker. They were all in Lincoln, Nebraska over the weekend. And it sounds like this was just a win within itself, having these guys on campus. And the returns were great. Husker Online caught up with five-star offensive tackle Brandon Baker. He's, he was in Lincoln from California. Baker's ranked as the number one offensive tackle in the class. Also in attendance was four-star wide receiver Ryan Wingo, one of the most electric wideouts in the country, ranked number five overall at his position. And he was also really impressed with his time on campus. This is great, and this is the first step in landing an elite class. you got to get them on campus. You're not going to land elite prospects without getting them on campus first. So Nebraska checked that box this weekend. The second step to landing an elite class is getting a premier QB committed early and building around that. Who's the premier QB? Well, for Nebraska, it's Dylan Rayola. And that said, if Nebraska is going to put together an elite class, I think Dylan Raiola needs to commit to the Huskers before summer begins. Now, you're probably asking, why does Dylan Raiola need to commit before summer starts? Well, that's in order to maximize the potential of Nebraska's recruiting class. I feel Dylan Raiola needs to be committed and helping the Huskers recruit by the start of summer. I'm not saying that Nebraska is going to have a bad class if this doesn't happen. But what I am saying is Nebraska will not maximize the potential of this class had they had Raiola committed early. If he's on the board in the spring, that means they can start building elite guys around him, getting them on campus, getting visits scheduled for the summer for some of these elite prospects. But it's spring right now, and QBs are coming off the board, and more will be coming off in the coming weeks. The reason for that is because every class in America right now is built around the QB. This concept is even more important for a program like Nebraska that needs to rebuild the, the entire roster through recruiting. If Dylan Raiola goes to USC or Georgia, it's not nearly as important if he commits early. Those classes will build themselves with or without a premier QB in this class. Last cycle, USC landed stud QB five-star Malachi Nelson, and Georgia, well, Georgia's Georgia. They're going to build a class no matter what. But Nebraska, they need Dylan Raiola, but they also need a lot more, and the best way to do that is to get Raiola on the commit list early. I'm not saying Nebraska's chances go down for Raiola if he doesn't commit by summer, but I am saying their chances to maximize the potential of the 2024 class will go down. And unless something changes soon, I don't think Raiola is in the mood to announce during the spring. He set one official visit so far, and that's to Georgia on June 2nd. Right now, that's the only official visit he set, and I do believe he's going to take more. So read into that how you will, 
But it says to me that Dylan Riola's recruitment will still be wide open when the summer recruiting months start. And Nebraska will have to keep recruiting the top prospects in America just without the help of having a five-star QB on that commit list. Colin Simmons from Duncanville, Texas, is being recruited by nearly every school in the country, coast to coast. But today, we're going to find out who the true contenders are in his recruitment. Simmons is a five-star-plus prospect. You ask, what's a five-star-plus? It's when all four services, On3, Rivals, 24-7, and ESPN all agree on the five-star ranking. So now, where are we going with Colin Simmons? He's made several visits this spring, but I want to bring on national recruiting S Sam Spiegelman to find out who the true contenders are. All right, Sam, we know he's been all over the country, but this weekend, Simmons was visiting the in-state Texas Longhorns. What are the chances that he stays within the state of Texas right now? And who are the true contenders within the state? Yeah, um, you know, he's he's set to visit Texas A&M. He's been to TCU quite a bit. That's the hometown team. And he's been back on the 40 acres this past weekend with his mom taking in a spring practice. If he was going to stay in state, you have to like the Longhorns. I think they're the favorite amongst the in-state teams. I think at one point TCU might have had that edge. But with um, so many of those coaches kind of going all over the place, including Arizona State, which has hosted him, um, I think TCU has fallen a little bit down. Um, A&M, I think, I think A&M is still he heavily involved in this race. They've been able to secure commitments from the top pass rushers in the state of Texas under Jimbo Fisher's run. Um, but still, and he's, and he's going to get back to Aggieland at some point in April. But I think right now amongst the in-state teams, Texas is the favorite. But this week he was at Texas, like you said. So what's their pitch to him? And how do you, what are you hearing coming out of this trip? Coming out of this, this visit, he was there with, with his mom, with, with members of his family, and they're, they're trying to get a, an idea of what it would be like to be coached by these coaches um, that, as you know, are going to be, they're in the Big 12 now, and they're going to be heading to the SEC. Colin is trying to get the right feel for, for Coach Bo Davis, for the defensive coordinator. He's had a fantastic relationship already with Steve Sarkeesian, but it's about being developed. You know, Colin Simmons is, is looking at schools like Alabama and Tennessee and Georgia and LSU, and... Um, you know, they have a track record of churning out first round picks at his position. If he goes to Texas, which is, you know, among the schools that are at, at or close to the top of his list, he wants to know that he's going to go there. He's going to have a chance to compete and play for play early and have a chance to ultimately live out his dreams of being a first round pick. This isn't just an in-state battle, right? He's got visits to UGA, LSU looming, maybe even the Florida Gators going to check them out. But what other teams out of the state of Texas are also involved in his recruitment right now. Yeah, well, let's 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 stick with that West Coast theme. He just made a visit to Arizona State. He's set to go to USC on April 8th, and that's USC is one of the teams that we don't talk about, you know, publicly as much, but they have been making a really strong push for Colin Simmons ahead of his April 8th visit. We talk about Colorado, Deion Sanders trying to go after the best edge rushers from DFW. Well, that's where Deion Sanders has a lot of a lot of coaches on his staff are from the Texas high school football ranks. Um, when, when they play TCU to open the season, that's going to be a homecoming of sorts for Deion. They're going to get Colin Simmons on campus in April. Um, and then you go over to the SEC, Georgia, LSU. Those are two definitive programs I expect to be there. You know, hats on the table at the end for Colin Simmons. And then Alabama and Tennessee are two more to watch. Um, they've both been in communication with Colin for several months. He's been to Alabama already. He's still waiting his first trip to Knoxville. 
Um, but I expect both I expect them to get back to all those SEC schools, Georgia, LSU, Alabama, Tennessee, later this spring or the summer um, as he starts to kind of really narrow this thing down. Sam, have you made a pick on the recruiting prediction machine yet? I made a pick last summer, Josh, for LSU. And, and I think at this point, I think LSU as an out-of-state SEC team has somehow, some way built a really strong foundation with Colin Simmons. I think if he made a decision today, LSU would be a safe choice. But then again, that's today, and he's not making a decision today. I think with Georgia, Texas, Tennessee and Alabama, USC all looming, you know, I think there's still a long ways to go in this recruitment. But I think right now, I think I feel pretty comfortable picking LSU if a decision was today. And you did. I mean, heck, you made it last summer. That's like <laughs> walking into the gym and just putting up a three-pointer. So, Sam, are you? I know you put it in, and you don't have like a reason right now to change your pick. You know, his recruitment's still taking place. But how confident are you in that pick of LSU right now? Well, listen. I, I think that you talk about the relationships that they're they're all there. The family, his mom, is very comfortable in Baton Rouge, and they visited quite a bit. You know, as an underclassman, and again going into his senior year. LSU just lost their defensive line coach to the NFL. He's just joining Sean Payton's staff on the Denver Broncos. That's going to be a huge hit to LSU. Now, now you know from covering recruiting, like, you know, there's people in the, the – Brian Kelly is still there. There's still GAs at LSU that are recruiting Colin. So I expect LSU to continue to be there. But, you know, Georgia is about to have a first-round pick on the D-line. Um, coach coach Taribe over there, the outside linebackers coach, has made Colin a top priority, and he's going to get back to Georgia. I don't expect Georgia to go anywhere. They're, they – sign number one two three five star edges every single cycle and they've piqued colin's interest texas is the in-state team he's coming off a visit they've been a staple in his recruitment you know he's he's been high on tcu and a m and they're not going to go anywhere i don't think tennessee is going to go anywhere it doesn't seem like usc is intent to go anywhere so you know there's a lot of teams that are still intent to push while i think that his lead group is lsu georgia and texas probably I still think there's a lot of factors that are kind of coming to play official visits, you know, coaching staff moves, you know, now and then again in December. So there's still a long ways to go in this recruitment. Yeah, that's really insightful stuff there. Uh, do you think Colin Simmons will commit? Well, obviously, he's not going to commit this spring because just by the vibe of his recruitment, the visits that he's taken, there's there's no decision coming in the next two or three months. So do you think that when we're talking about five star Colin Simmons, we'll be talking about a commitment this summer or do you think he takes it into the fall and maybe the entire way? Yeah, you know, at, a, at one point he was really thinking about maybe having a decision early on in this cycle. And, and there was some it was a little bit of a joke. But after he won a state championship and dominated the fourth quarter, he he joked that it is time to give his commitment. And, you know, we're all waiting to find out what school he was going to pick. But at this point, he, he is telling me that he's he's narrowing schools down, you know, in his mind every single day. He's been able to cross a couple of schools off already. And again, there's still a lot of contenders out there. Um, this spring, as we're talking about him going to Colorado and USC and Arizona State for the first time, um, these, these are you know, really important visits to determine whether these, these schools have staying power with him. I think he'll start maybe taking OVs in the summer, but this is going to go into the season. I don't think he's going to have his mind made up enough to make a decision by, by the time they start um, Duncanville's chance to repeat as state champions in Texas. I think it'll go into December. Um, he is planning to enroll early, so I think that you know December would be the, the last-ditch effort for, for Colin to make his announcement. If it came a little bit earlier, that also wouldn't be as surprising. Mm -hmm. But this has the makings of, of being a long recruitment. Yeah. All right, Sam. Well, you know, Colin Simmons drawing interest from coast to coast. Thank you for 
paring that down, showing us who the legit contenders are for one of the best pass rushers in America. We'll, we'll continue to follow this recruitment and, and keep us updated, Sam. Thank you. Last year, Miami finished with the top 10 class in Mario Cristobal's first year on campus. There were some big wins and some major needs filled, but one thing the class lacked was an elite quarterback. And Cristobal is in search of one in 2024, and it looks like the primary focus is on Fairburn, Georgia, four-star quarterback, Air Nolan. Let's bring on Steven Wagner of Kane Sport. Over the weekend, four-star Air Nolan cut his list to a top seven and set a commitment date for April 9th. Now, Air Nolan still has some visits left. He was at Miami over the weekend. He was at Texas A&M on Sunday. Ohio State coming up. And then in April, you have Alabama. So, Stephen, my question to you is, we know the Canes made a big impression on Air Nolan over the weekend, but can that visit high stick with them all the way till decision day on April 9th? You know, that's kind of the million-dollar question, and that's really been the focus of Air Nolan's recruitment by Miami staff so far, is making sure this visit high never wears off, making sure that first impression, making sure that phone call never really wears off. Uh, Miami is making as big a push and as big a recruiting effort for Air Nolan probably as any recruit uh, in this year's class. I had a chance to catch up with his mom over the weekend, his mom joked that she thinks he probably talks to Mario Cristobal over the phone as much as uh, as much as he talks to his own mother. Yes, Miami absolutely did make a really, really big impression this weekend. This was a chance for Air Nolan to finally get out and meet Shannon Dawson in person to be able to see that practice, to be able to check out campus. By all means, things did go pretty well. But like you said, that question is, can this you know visit high really stick with him up until uh, up until his commitment date, because we've also seen Texas A&M make a push. We've also seen Clemson uh, enter the picture. We've also seen Ohio State up there. Um, but we do know that Miami is give they are they are treating him like he's the number one overall prospect in the country. Mm. Um, which, as far as Miami is concerned, you know he he kind of is because Miami really needs to take a star quarterback uh, in this year's class. Uh, so Aaron Nolan is, is absolutely a must land, and Miami's treating him like that. Would you say that Aaron Nolan's the most important target for the Canes in the twenty twenty four cycle? You know, at first, I probably wouldn't have. I, at first, I think I probably would have said Jeremiah Smith or JoJo Trader, uh, the two Hollywood Chaminade kids um, who are, you know, really, I'd say yeah. probably the two biggest South Florida talents in the 2024 class in a year where uh, the talent level in South Florida collectively and depth-wise is a little bit down maybe from uh, what we've seen in previous years. But as the recruiting cycle has gone on, we've seen – that Aaron Nolan is getting just as much attention, if not more attention, than both of these guys. Um, getting air down to Coral Gables for this weekend's visit was extremely important to Miami Steph. That was absolutely massive uh, to be able to get him down here. Um, you know, Miami really is treating Aaron Nolan like he is that guy. And I think as time goes on, he's starting to emerge as more and more and more of a priority. And now, uh, certainly with his commitment date coming up, there's uh, there's definitely going to be a little bit of a sense of urgency. I don't think there will be a, an extreme 
sense of urgency just because this Miami staff really doesn't panic too much when it comes to recruiting. They kind of prefer to play the long game, um, get a lot of commitments uh, over the summer and uh, heading into the fall. Uh, but that's certainly going to be something to watch. Yeah, you're right. This The importance of Air Nolan really can't be understated in this day and age of recruiting where classes are pretty much built around the elite quarterback. And you see here with the Canes not having one, they only have one commitment right now, and it's from a punter. So the best way to kickstart this class would be to land an elite quarterback. Now, Stephen, I, I hate to be a downer here, but if for some reason the Canes do miss on Air Nolan on April 9th, where do they go? What direction do they turn to quickly add a quarterback to this class? So initially, it kind of looked like Michael Van Buren uh, might be that guy, four-star quarterback out of uh, Maryland at St. Fra- at St. Francis um, mm-hmm. up north. It seemed like he was really a guy that they were uh, focusing in on. But a name that's really come up uh, you know, more and more since January has been Luke Moga, a, a three-star quarterback out of uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Moga, whenever you see him, he really looks the part of kind of a prototypical quarterback, you know, long, lean. We know he's being uh, recruited pretty, pretty heavily by some Pac-12 schools, and that seems to be where the majority of the competition is right now. Uh, he's been very careful um, not to mention or not to uh, not to announce which programs are really, you know, in the lead for him or which programs he's, you know, thinking about taking those OVs to other than uh, now we know Miami. He was able to get down to Coral Gables this weekend with his parents, which was extremely important to him, he told me. I think Luke Moga, if Aaron Nolan um, ends up not being the guy from Miami, if he ends up committing elsewhere and Miami can't get him back, I think Luke Moga is definitely uh, in that category of names to watch. All right. Well, I knew Mario would have a plan, you know, with all this importance on air, Nolan, hopefully they get their guy. But if not, Canes fans, Mario's got a plan for you. All right. Let's move on to another exciting storyline from the weekend. And that was five star defensive lineman David Stone being on campus. The number three ranked defensive lineman in the country made his first of back to back visits to Coral Gable. So this trip was solo, if I got this correct. And the next time he comes back is going to be with his entire family, which will be next weekend. Now, Michigan State is the program that leads on the RPM, but do you think Miami's surging here, and is the recruiting machine just lagging due to this new intel coming in on David Stone? I'm not really sure if surging is the term that I would use, but I would say maybe rising or climbing. Uh, Because, you know, when I think of surging, I think Miami is just blowing right up the list uh, you know, they're, they're heading straight for the top. And I think with David Stone, obviously Oklahoma has been a program that is, yep. that's been really high on him for a long time. He's taken, I can't even count how many visits to Oklahoma at this point. The Sooners have been on him for such a long time. They've been so heavily invested in David Stone, a native of the Oklahoma city area. Miami is certainly climbing on his radar. Miami's really trying to, really trying to establish that IMG pipeline. Basically, Stone wanted to come down this weekend by himself uh, to make sure the vibes are what he thought they were, mm-hmm. um, to make sure that, that this is a place where he does want to come, uh, where he does want to take his family. By all means, this this trip was what he wanted. He does like the place enough that he wants to get his family down here for a visit. Um, so I'd say Miami is rising right now on his list. Feels like Oklahoma is uh, still certainly up there as well. Um, but 
if the Canes can impress his family next weekend, uh, then I would certainly uh, I would certainly say that the Canes are going to be in pretty good shape. All right, I'll take your word for it. Right now, the Canes are rising, but if he makes it back to Coral Gables with the entire family in tow, then maybe we can say the Canes are surging. Let's stick with the IMG pipeline, okay? The number one running back in America, Jared Gibson, he also visited on Saturday. There's been a lot of picks going in for him to Texas. What's Miami's shot with the IMG standout? You know, he was really quiet whenever we had the chance to speak with him, uh, to ask him you know, how he feels about Miami. He said Miami's certainly going in the right direction. It feels to me, at least, like Texas uh, is definitely still the front runner to land Jarrett Gibson. Miami's message, this really surprised me, quite honestly. We had the chance to ask him, you know, what's, you know, what are, what are you hearing from Miami? You know, it, Miami was telling him, hey, don't worry about this. Take your time. Uh, whenever you know the program that's right for you, you'll know the program that's right for you. Um, and that really did surprise me. I kind of expected uh, Miami to you know, maybe put their foot on the gas a little bit more. But this coaching staff is not panicking whatsoever. Like I said, still does definitely feel like Texas is the front runner. But I think Miami took a small step uh, in the right direction. I just don't think it was a it was a tremendous step. And in the right Miami finished with a top 10 class last year. Everybody's high on their recruiting efforts. and But we know one thing. If the in-state programs, not just Miami, but Florida and Florida State as well, if they're truly recruiting at a high level, it means they're keeping the top in-state talent home. So I want to talk to you about keeping those top in-state prospects home, namely Jeremiah Smith and JoJo Trader. Like you said, teammates at Shamanah Madonna, two of the most electric wide receivers, not just in Florida, but also the country. Where do the Canes stand for there? I know Jeremiah is committed to Ohio State. They're trying to flip him. JoJo Trader remains uncommitted. But tell me about the duo and where the Canes stand. JoJo Trader, I would definitely say that Miami seems to be the team to beat. Um, feels like the Canes are in great shape uh, with JoJo Trader. Uh, they, made a, they made sure to get him on. Uh, on campus this weekend, uh, he's establishing a pretty good relationship with receivers coach uh, Kevin Beard. Unfortunately, he didn't have a chance to uh, really interact very much with Shannon Dawson over the weekend. Jeremiah Smith was not on campus. Um, I would definitely expect him to be on campus sometime this spring just because I, I simply you know, don't see a reality where Miami doesn't bring Jeremiah Smith uh, to campus. But with uh, Jeremiah Smith, it feels right now like Miami's the number two after after Ohio State. He told me the other weekend, Ohio State's number one, Miami's probably number two, and then Florida State is number three. And that's after he came off of a Florida State visit that he said that. So it feels like Miami's certainly holding well at number two. But JoJo Trader, Miami is in really good shape. I love where the Hurricanes stand. Uh, no, Chad Simmons put it in an RPM uh, mm -hmm. some time ago for JoJo Trader to land at Miami. And by all means, uh, it's held pretty firm. Uh, I think that the Canes are in really, really good shape with this guy. They're making that relentless recruiting effort. They're continuing to impress him. And he likes the way that Miami feels. You know, he likes the way it operates. He was really impressed by their practice intensity and uh, really likes the way that he sees the offense kind of progressing 
Um, whereas last year they were a, a program that wanted to try to lean on their offensive line and have that clear identity of running the football. Shannon Dawson is a much more pass-heavy, uh, pass-friendly offensive coordinator, I should say. And uh, that's something that's making an impression with some of these wide receivers whenever they're having a chance to go down there, see practice, and see how aggressive they want this offense to be. All right, Miami fans, do me a favor, like this video and subscribe to the On3 YouTube page. We have all the latest recruiting developments throughout the spring and a ton of college football news. All right, Stephen, before I let you go, we got to talk about the Canes' current 2024 class. Look, last week I was on here telling Miami fans they just got to relax. Things are going to get better. And now that I got a Canes insider on here, let me just ask you, when do you expect the Canes to land some of these commitments? You know, I keep on telling myself, oh, it's about to come. Oh, it's about to come. Oh, it's about to come. And then it doesn't. And what I really what I really found out over this weekend, uh, you know, this was at, at first it kind of seemed like it, it may be a little bit of a trend. Now I'm seeing that it's really a lot more of a theme. Miami is not pushing very many kids to commit. Uh, in fact, a lot of the kids that I talked to, uh, they were hearing from Mario Cristobal, from the Kane staff more generally, Hey man, take your time. You'll know whenever you it's know. Early. You know. They are in no rush. They're in no hurry. Um, it, it doesn't really feel like they're operating with a sense of panic whatsoever, uh, which can certainly be easy to do. And I can understand why some Canes fans might be a little concerned seeing Florida and Florida State uh, start to piece together their recruiting classes. Yeah. Uh, but with Miami, I definitely don't see – uh, any reason to panic just yet, but I would expect some commitments to start rolling in. I would say probably in June and July, I would say is probably whenever we're really going to start seeing some commitments. Um, not to say that it won't happen in maybe April or May. Uh, I could see a, the first commitment certainly coming in April or May, uh, but I would expect uh, so, some of them to really start rolling in in June or July. But we're also hearing a lot of kids say that they want to commit uh, during their senior season or at their state championship game or uh, on signing day. Mm -hmm. even heard some say uh, they might consider committing as late as the All-American Bowl. Um, and so I, Miami doesn't really seem to be too concerned um, in that department just yet. But don't get your hopes up for this massive influx of recruits to start rolling in just yet. Hey, look. It's real early in the cycle. There's no reason to get anxious just yet if you're a Miami fan. And look, on April 9th, the quickest way to jumpstart a recruiting class is to land Air Nolan, an elite quarterback. Steven, thank you for checking in. We'll talk to you closer to that Air Nolan decision date and see what you're thinking. Thanks for coming on the Inside Scoop. Thanks, Josh. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me and remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.